Welcome to Capes and Critiques, where we give our two cents on comic characters and pop culture. Welcome to this week's supersized issue, where we discuss mutants, monsters, and more. Top five Marvel villains that we like for this Halloween season. We each have our respective lists, as usual, and it's going to be a surprise. So let's, let's find out. Let's get into it. <laughs> let's get physical. Physic- I'm sure you want to get physical. No! Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, you're going to see how wrong you were <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> so uh, I guess I'll start off with my number five. And to keep the Halloween vibes, she is a sorceress. And it is Ooh. Morgan Le Fay. Who is that? I knew, I knew you were going to ask. So she's more obscure villain-wise, obviously. <laughs> and But I really like her. So... Her origin story is kind of the same as like the Morgan in the Arthur mythology. Oh, are you not like Martha? Martha? <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Camelot? No. Yeah, but who the fuck is Morgan? Morgan is Arthur's half sister, evil half sister. I don't remember any of this from the two episodes of Merlin I watched. Don't remember any of this. Morgan was actually in Merlin. I said the two episodes. Yeah, I know. Don't I remember know. any of this. She, obviously, later on. <laughs> But yeah, so Morgan is, again, Arthur's half-sister, um, but she's also half fae, fairy, whatever, but she's she kind of has like an elvenish heritage, which makes her immortal, which is why she obviously is still relevant now. And she also hooked up with Doctor Doom a couple times, but yeah, everybody wants to get it on with Doctor Doom. <laughs> like, what is actually behind that mask? Like, I need to know. Just, like, everyone wants to get it on with him. Yeah, her origin is basically like the same Arthur mythos. So, if you're familiar with that, she's basically trying to take over the kingdom from Arthur. You know, as villainesses do, and her plans just don't work out because you know the heroes succeed, and that's life sometimes. But she is an evil queen, and her like own castle and stuff basically she gains relevance because she is spider woman's first villain oh first and most major villain in her in spider woman's first run that's where she was introduced um and she was created by stanley uh the spider kids the spider people always have the best villains yeah she was more relevant like in earlier serializations than she is really now i think the most recent thing she's been in is like dark avengers and she yeah she was the very first villain in dark avengers because she came back to take revenge on Dr. Doom for betraying her because he went to the past because she kind of lives in between the past and the present because she can teleport and astral project to different time periods and Dr. Doom whenever he needed her help and her like sorcerer powers or anything like that he would just go to the past and be like hey what's up I need like an army of undead people can you like do that for me and then she's like sure you just have to pay me back afterwards and he's like okay and then he never did and that's why she comes back and she's like, what's what gives? <laughs> and she basically terrorizes everyone with her own army of Norse monsters and stuff that she conjures, right. which is really cool. That's why I'm like, she's really cool in the few instances that she gets <laughs> to show up and be Two, cool. Times. Yeah, she was also like some queen in Secret Wars, but like in one of the side stores for it. So she's kind of been here and there, but for the most part, she's not as well known. All right. So yeah, so she's been here and there. She has magical powers and she's pretty cool and also really, really pretty. And also the arc that she's most well known for is in the Avengers um, when she's the main villain. She ends up tricking Scarlet Witch into using her reality warping powers to turn the whole world into like a medieval plane where she is the ruler. And she rolls with that for a while until they obviously eventually defeat her. But yeah, that's she was a major villain in that arc. Literally, the worst part about that is it just like continues to go off the fact that Scarlet Witch is too OP to exist. Yep. Swear. Oh my goodness. Because, like, Morgan's pretty strong on her own, but, like, when you have that, plus Scarlet Witch's reality-altering, they also used a, a an Asgardian weapon tech. So, like, okay, so it wasn't all Scarlet Witch. Yeah, it was, right, uh, right. it was, like, the wombo combo of ancient sorcery, reality warping, and Asgardian tech. And then she ruled the world for a while. <laughs> okay, so that was your number five. Yes. So we're getting into my number five. Mm-hmm. Which is... <laughs> Do you want a drum roll? Like, let's go. No. <laughs> it's James Buchanan Barnes. Bucky Barnes as the Winter Soldier. Specifically, I know you're going to not... I'm keeping him on this list, and I'm going to tell you why. 
you don't really have to justify it considering my number one was Catwoman last time. <laughs> so I can't really say anything about this. Your Continue. face does. <laughs> Your face contains multitudes. <laughs> okay, so no one listening to this knows me as a person, but if you do, I love James Buchanan Barnes. I love Bucky Barnes and the Winter Soldier specifically. I like to forget him as like a 10-year-old Baby in the Bucky. army. Yeah, even though it's very necessary for a lot of his runs, specifically in like Winter Kills and, and anytime Ed Brubaker writes for him. But I think it can just be a really interesting story, especially knowing the fact that Hydra's manipulation goes very fucking far in terms of brainwashing and tech so I think that combination just also the fact that I'm terrified of Hydra and I wasn't about to put Hydra on the list for many reasons but I think that was a way for me to not only talk about how terrifying World War II Nazis um Hydra are but just having a super soldier slithering <laughs> through the night throughout decades murdering people on command like his arm is terrifying and that part of being the winter soldier i think makes bucky a more compelling character post-death quote-unquote death than he ever was as like bucky cap's little sidekick who was just like a miniature cap who wanted to be him but you can't be him without a super soldier serum so now you kind of are him but fucked up because you can remember everyone you've killed and everyone you loved same way with cap they're dead and no one knows that you're alive and you can't really do anything with your life sad terrifying and i love him it's all she wrote it's all i wrote <laughs> i actually didn't write anything i just put bucky barnes <laughs> but good old bucky yeah he's beautiful everyone just go look at him sometimes sometimes, sometimes. no winter kills if if you haven't read winter kills i love it it doesn't really play up on the fact that he's a villain or a hero it just like is an in-between because he's not necessarily like working for fury but he's taking commands in a way from fury but working with his own agenda at that time nobody's supposed to know that he's alive and that he exists but it's like a really nice nod to what bucky did before he was hydra brainwashed for anyone who's been brainwashed, to be honest. <laughs> no, I don't, think, real. I don't think a lot of people who have been brainwashed want to keep on living. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, getting away from that very sad <laughs> number five. My number four is Emma Frost. Oh my Another gosh. killer lady. So yeah, Emma, if you're not familiar with her, started off as a villain, obviously, which is why she's on this list. And she comes from a wealthy family, is really smart. Her dad was obviously not the best person in the world, which is why she ended up the way she did. She ends up after, you know, graduating, whatever. She has a business degree, but she doesn't want to stay in her family because obviously she hates her dad because he's a horrible person. So then after graduating business school and all that, she ends up at the Hellfire Club, which is basically an organization of evil mutants that's been around for a long time and kind of is persistent throughout a lot of x-men runs and you see them come up a lot and which is why emma was a prominent villain for a long time because she was the white queen of the hellfire club so she was one of the higher ups and so that's how she meets the x-men that's how she becomes a relevant villain and basically she has telekinesis psychic powers um she people can, are scared of her Let's yeah real. i mean like, she can turn into solid diamond so she's immune in that way even though her one weakness is her nose which is really weird but hey i mean everyone's got an Achilles heel hers just her nose, her nose. <laughs> um, <laughs> you'd think she'd wear like the faceplate softball players wear right but pitch. no no she has to be pretty all the time and like she literally does like when she's in jail she's mad that she's not allowed to wear heels a lot of the time she's just a definition of like, a high-class bitch like most of the time to be honest but she really does develop and grow a lot when she becomes part of the X-Men like she's a great teacher to a lot of um the newer mutants and she was really prominent and Gen X and things like that because she was helping like the next generation of mutants and she was really good at that and even being with Scott and all this she develops to just be a person who cares more and really to be more of a hero than a villain even though she still goes back and forth most of the time nowadays she's a hero Mm -hmm. more than a villain but she's definitely back and forth yeah i think it's difficult when you have your first like like if your driving force leads you directly into some sort of villainy i think it's hard to completely forget your roots or forget like why you started because there's always gonna be something that reminds you and grounds you like that's what keeps heroes going and no matter how many times you're like hey you can do good things there's a driving force that keeps you going and you're going to fall back to part of it. Yeah, and certain events kind of trigger that because you're always going to have that weird gap in morals with the people who have always been heroes and have never experienced like the darker side of things or aren't re- as familiar with it. Like when the whole Scarlet Witch thing happened, the No More Mutants or whatever, she's uh, like, yeah, let's hang her. <laughs> and yes. everybody, And everybody's like, no, what are you talking about? And she's like, 
she literally just killed a bunch of people. What are you talking about? Like, how else are we going to handle this? To be fair, that entire family was a problem because Quicksilver did not. He tried to help and he yeah. made everything so much worse. Because mm-hmm. that's all they wanted to do. He wanted to save his sister. Magneto wanted to save his daughter. They were ready to betray the X-Men a number of times because they were with them but not nobody can see my air quotes and that just hurt me as a person (laughs) but (laughs) she just air quoted with them (laughs) (laughs) but no i understand what you're saying because that but yeah so so for big issues like that that's where you kind of see the divide between heroes and more morally ambiguous characters like emma and that's the purpose she kind of served on the team for a long time so she works that way i think in the team and i really did like her when she was part of the prominent team that was led by Scott and stuff like that but I also did like her when she went all villainy again and decided to go kill people by herself and take down organizations whether people approved of it or not because she thought it was the right thing to do and so that's why Emma earns my number four slot here because she is a badass bitch that's fair I mean you can never fault anyone for being a badass bitch it's true you just have to applaud them and love their tact and their sheer willpower never actually looked at Emma more than once probably I'm just like all right she dare yeah she know okay Okay, so my number four is Victor Creed, Sabretooth. So I started learning about Sabretooth when whatever nonsense in the world of comics led to Gambit leading a Marauders team that had Sabretooth <laughs> in it. Whatever, whatever happened there is literally what led me into Victor Creed's life, into learning about Sabretooth. Um, I'm surprised that the ex- <laughs> the Wolverine Origins movie didn't like send me the other way. But I think just when it comes with X-Men, same way with like Emma, there's just so many things that can happen with them. And there's always that catalyst. There's always an interesting, not only like individual aspect, but there's also like that power aspect. And for Sabretooth, his power origins are really interesting because apparently when they first introduced him as a villain, he actually wasn't a mutant at all. And then the more they started using him, they retconned him as a mutant. And they even, um, once they started writing him a lot more as going up against Wolverine, since they're both on Team X with like the whole Weapon X nonsense, going through them because Marvel really loves injecting people with shit. Yep. (laughs) Experimentation. (laughs) They love it. And then they're on the same team together. So the more that Marvel started writing the two of them together as like butting heads and fighting, is when they retconned in the fact that he has a regenerative factor due to the Weapon X. They've They've like retconned that almost everybody has a regenerative factor yeah, now they love like it. almost everybody <laughs> i think if they gave it to wolverine they gave it to a couple people yeah. and they're like this is too much <laughs> they gotta give it to everyone else <laughs> yeah so as the name implies kind of think of a saber-toothed tiger and that's what they're trying to go for with victor yeah. you know claws like retractable toenails and fingernails he always tends to have the teeth protruding from his mouth and then depending on which which way he's drawn is the level of hairiness he's gonna be in representing a, a cat kind of thing <laughs> his outfit has gotten progressively better though because like i remember the old 90s outfits Mm-mm. i don't know what was going Mm-mm. on in the 90s i don't think aesthetics <laughs> was taken into consideration a lot or maybe the times have just changed that much because yeah i think they realized that that they just went too ham they went too in and it was too much yeah because like even in the old cartoons i hated Sabretooth as a kid and i was like you're ugly you're mean what's no. Happening in your but life. That's what made him fun. Like, he was like fun. And I think, like, those animalistic instincts will go to, like, his family's upbringing because he has siblings. And then his sister was kind of an animal handler and tracker. So, that his siblings are the ones that came across Logan when he was quote unquote feral. Mm. And that's another of the contributing factors to why him and Logan just, like, do not get along. Because, I mean, when someone's being captured and hunted by someone else that you're related to and trying to defend, that happens. So, I think those, like, animalistic instincts is not only what makes him very unpredictable but it's also the reason why a lot of times he's used or manipulated to be put onto a team because he cannot be controlled on his own so he has to be like forced to work for the x-men under influence forced to be on the marauders team tricked to be on certain things because he is a really big wild card and i think that's an interesting aspect about him i also find it very interesting that him and mystique were together for a stint and they had a kid who (laughs) turned out to be a anti-mutant yes because he was a regular human yeah and his parents were well his dad never really cared mystique was like keeping up with him but then when she was (laughs) like he's not a mutant whatever yeah kind of like abandoned him um like four 
humanity or some some group yeah like that. humans for the betterment of humanity yeah some he was basically like in that. an anti-mutant group because he hated his parents so much yeah which i mean is the mood for half of these characters anyways to be honest so, and then misty kills him Clayton so Creed, whatever I say, is his name yeah something, something like, like that. that yeah he took he kept with his dad's last name when you see that your dad's a rampant murderer most times and just right i don't think i would have kept my dad's last name but you know to each their own to each i mean legality it's hard to change things sometimes mm, i guess i'm just gonna leave it at it what he was gonna be clayton darkholm <laughs> <laughs> no but he could have like found a name with an adoptive family just I don't clayton know. that's it yeah because i mean he wasn't with mystique ever like she Mm-mm. gave him up a long time ago she yeah so basically at birth and then she just followed him up for a bit yeah and then like you said realized wasn't a mutant oh okay not which is interested. interesting which is very interesting for two mutants to be to have a kid like that doesn't happen that d- often yeah, that doesn't have powers mm-hmm. but i think that victor is like in being that wild card and in being terrifying i don't care what anyone says okay so i did not like him in in wolverine's origins but as a child i loved him in the x-men series like the movies of course you- oh in the movies yeah i liked him yeah i loved i didn't mind him in as my co-host is saying he's mean <laughs> that and, was little me little and, me was not about it oh no little me loved i know loved that's why you have these problems yeah yeah it is my number let's just <laughs> <laughs> i'm like that's why the way you are the way that you are it, and i am the way that i am it's true i've always liked them to cause problems like i think that when you can't really tell what a character is gonna do even when you know that they're not gonna do anything good and you're still not sure what they're gonna do it's a little interesting yeah. and that's what makes it for fun reading fun learning i guess <laughs> well, uh, to each their own. I actually, didn't mind, yeah, I actually didn't mind him as a villain because I actually liked his relationship with Wolverine. Mm. I just didn't like him. I think it's interesting the way that they tried to play it up because it's one of those things that you retroactively look at because, again, relatively young in the world of comics. So I'm, I wasn't reading. I was barely alive at the time that they're doing <laughs> this entire Sabretooth versus um, Wolverine, Victor versus Logan, and they're including all these aspects so that they're better matched and they make a more compelling fighting storyline. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how people felt when they were reading it and they're like, who's this dude? And then now he has more powers. I don't know if that was a shitty thing for them to do retroactively (laughs) from what I know. Because like when I started comics, they were basically like pretty evenly matched. And this is a dude that their their fights together could go on for way too fucking long. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes the fighting between the two of them so compelling. And hopefully nobody really hated that. Who knows? <laughs> I'm but a small. I mean, it sounds more interesting if you're more well matched because if you beat them too easily, it's kind of like yeah. boring. So that's what's made it cool for all for all his adaptations, I would think. Him busting out of that cell. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> that's like forever in my mind it's beautiful i love it i was very young watching those films i'm so glad they let me watch them it's amazing except for number three we know yeah about most of number three i think number three just continued to reinforce the fact that i hated jean gray's the phoenix for like all of my life but yeah <laughs> yeah just throwing that in there i think i mentioned it before that i hate it yeah so. i wouldn't be surprised if every time we talked about marvel the fact that Josie does not like jean gray <laughs> would like slightly sneak its way in there but anyway so my number three is also named victor von doom so dr doom is my number three if you didn't get that from victor von doom so everyone should know who this man is Oh, she's shaking her head. Is he on your list too? Is that no, he's not. I'm just like in disbelief. <laughs> like I'm not in like full disbelief that you selected him. It's just like thinking about him, about what he does, what other people want from him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> too many Victor. thoughts, too many emotions. <laughs> I'm like Victor. So, what up, boy? I mean, if you've ever looked at a Marvel comic, you should probably know who Victor Von Doom is. He is one of the most long burning villains in Marvel. And he is the main villain for the Fantastic Four. Also another long-running team for Marvel. So he's been around forever. They've been around forever. Their rivalry, their conflict has been around forever. And it's kind of sustained itself through time because it's so interesting. Because they're so interesting as characters. If you like magic and you like tech and you like people with a lot of power... Victor Von and Doom. And who secretly looks like he's into bondage with that metal mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not and secret. It's very out in the open. An evil Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Their suits get compared a lot because tech level wise, they're basically on the same level. I mean, if you look at Iron Man's first concept, yeah. it is almost like the like, same mask. Yeah, Victor's suit. Except because like, Iron Man, like... Yeah. 
did not always start off with sleek red yeah. and gold. It was like bolts because at that time, that's what technology freaking looked like. So Iron Man, OG, OG concept. Think of Dr. Doom's mask <laughs> with some bolts. Like pretty damn similar. He's yeah. the Tin Man. Until they like, they got all advanced and techy. And yeah, because you got you to gotta sell him yeah, as a sex even- boy. <laughs> both of them <laughs> yeah even dr doom's outfit has kind of gotten sleeker over time definitely he used to be like literally a metal box and now he's definitely he's still the mask is still pretty accurate to how it used to be but like the overall outfit has definitely upgraded i think the mask is iconic and they should yeah. not fuck with it and that's exactly why it hasn't changed because it's iconic it's like you see that it's like oh it's dr doom mm-hmm. and so He's a king. He rules uh, Latveria, his own little country where he was born, and eventually came back to kill the ruler, and now he rules it. And he's actually improved the lives of the people who live there with his technology and all those advancements and stuff. He's technically a good monarch with very malicious goals because he always wants to take over the world, you know, as any villain would. His mother dabbled in, like, dark arts and stuff, and she the reason she died was because she was trying to summon the demon Mephisto for one reason or another. Probably, for, like, prosperity for a family or something, because they were pretty poor. And his dad was a doctor, so, like, he, bo- he always had the influences of, like, magic and, like, the dark arts and stuff, and science from his dad. So he is a master of both, both science and magic. He taught himself magic with his mom's magic books, and he got kicked out of college after trying some crazy science experiments, and Reed Richards told on him, which is why he hates him, and so he got expelled, but he still taught himself all the sciences to graduate level and beyond, which is why he's a genius, and so you can kind of see how he is a very formidable foe for Literally anybody that goes against him because you use magic, he can use magic. You use science, he can use science. He's kind of encompassed two of one of the strongest forces for other villains in one package. And, you know, he's had cosmic powers before. He's almost ruled the world a couple times slash kind of ruled the world a couple times. Yeah, like he's done it all. (laughs) And he's a a very interesting villain to me. He's just a lot of fun to read. And I always get excited to see him in a comic book. And that's why he's my number three. That's totally fair. His ride is dope. I don't think I've ever been too excited (laughs) to see him in a comic though. Because unfortunately, I don't read a lot of Fantastic Four. Yeah, but at the same time, he's kind of everywhere too. He's he's, one of those. Yeah, he's had a foot in everything. He's fought the Avengers. He's made his own little hero teams to fight other people. Like, he's obviously best known as a Fantastic Four villain, but he's been everywhere, especially when he was a freaking Scarlet Witch. Let's not talk about Children's Crusade. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about but I'm saying, like, he, like, through her and through all the stuff that happened there, he had influences in fighting the X-Men and the Avengers, so he's fought almost every primary Marvel team before. Yeah, he needs to go home. Yeah, why can't he just rule Latveria in peace? I They're know, doing he great. He got a taste of ruling and was like, you know what? <laughs> I want more. I want it all. He yeah. wants it all. Yeah, that's literally always his goal. World domination. Like, like you said, most villains want that. <laughs> For some yeah. reason, everybody wants the same goal. Just like all heroes, they want to save everyone. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bitter bitch, what's your number three? My number three is Maximus the Mad. Who? <laughs> His name is Maximus the Mad because he He's crazy. is yeah 100 <laughs> like 100% crazy. But it's because he's an inhuman. His name is Maximus Boltregard. Is that how you say that? Boltregard. Boltagon. Boltagon. Maximus Boltagon is his name. I've never learned their last name, and I say there because he is Black Bolt's brother. Because Black Bolt's full name is Blackguard. Boltagon? Yeah. <laughs> so he gets the name Maximus the Mad because he is the brother of Black Bolt. And Black Bolt is the one who gets to rule over the Inhumans in Adelin. And that's all Maximus wants at the end of the day. Obviously, he wants to rule his people as well as like take over most of the world oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that could... with a name like maximus the mad <laughs> i feel like they all go to villain school and everyone tells them okay if you if you're gonna be a villain your number one goal has to be world domination well yeah because maximus he tries very very hard to take over the inhumans because his brother black bolt is the one who is ruling over the inhumans and for a large period of time black bolt 
was not around while Maximus was growing up because um, Black Bolt was in a chamber to be able to learn how to uh, manage his vocal cords because quote unquote even a whisper can level a mountain so Maximus <laughs> always thought like was under this impression that he was going to rule the Inhumans that he was going to lead that he was powerful but then Black Bolt pops out. He's like, nah, I'm good. I can control it. I just don't talk. So then he's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to get my brother to speak, destroy everything, and then everyone's going to love me. He can't even do that. He can't even get his brother to talk. So, But that tends to be the primary goal is to get control over the Inhumans and being able to lead them because right now they're still, I mean, they've always kind of been separated from society. Right now they're in a floating city. So he just wants to, to rule it all. Yeah. And he could. It's just... Obviously, with any comic, there's a varying degree on what they established the strength level being, but he has mental manipulation. That's what he gained from the Terrigen Mist, along with insanity. So, like, he's his own... (laughs) Good old insanity. He's his own greatest foil, because the mental manipulation can override thought processes of other brains around him, including, but not limited to, mind control, mind reading, brainwave manipulation, memory alteration, telepathic illusions, and personality alterations. So he can swap personalities with other people, he can um, change people's memories, he can impact their thought processes, he can do mind control, but he has this insanity that was given to him along with the mental manipulation from the Terrigen Mist. So at times, that insanity is what keeps him from um, being able to do the things he needs to do. Also, there are other Inhumans because he's not the only person with powers because that's what Adelan basically is, you know, a bunch of superpowered people. So he gets his ass handed to him by the people he wants to control, which is fair. But I love the Inhumans and it's just, it's the same tried story of like scorned brother. Yeah, I was literally <laughs> about to say royal family should like limit themselves to one kid and call it a day because Morgan on my list. Yeah. Bitter bitch because she wanted to rule, but she, cause she was the firstborn, mm-hmm. but obviously she was a woman, so she couldn't. So it went to her brother. And so she's like, what the fuck? That's why she became evil. And Loki. Yeah. Loki Thor was the rightful heir, whatever, but. He's also bitter about it. So, yeah, royal families stick to one kid, my dude, because the I know, other but if one they is don't, apparently... If they don't only have one kid and that's the kid that dies, then they're screwed. So that's they just have to life keep on... sometimes. Yeah, that's Maximus's life sometimes yeah. <laughs> as well, because that's just the way it goes. You think you're entitled to shit because your entire life you've been a little bit crazy because you're exposed to the Terrigen Mist in the womb, which is like doesn't happen. But for anyone who doesn't know what the Terrigen Mist, you're supposed to wait until you're of a certain age and you've had a certain amount of training to then undergo the Terrigen Mist to see what your powers unfold as. But in the case of this family, exposure in the womb. So it made things a little interesting. And that's why he's mad. The end. Yeah, I mean, the ter- <laughs> like, it's crazy that they're like, mental manipulation, but let's give you insanity <laughs> so you fuck up your own plans. You're brilliant. You're exceedingly brilliant but your own craziness is what's gonna stop you every single time that sucks poor maximus <laughs> someone help this man it's not, he's crazy <laughs> he is like that's literally something the mist gave him but i really do love the inhumans and again this is another character that you think you know what they're gonna do but being crazy you actually don't know how it's gonna end other than him losing you just don't know how he's gonna yeah. lose <laughs> So that that's my number three, Maximus the Mad. So my number two is Magneto. Oh my god, then who's your number one? Yeah, yeah, you're ready. Okay. <laughs> Have I confused you enough? Anyway. I really, oh my god. Okay, whatever, <laughs> go. <laughs> so Magneto, I talk about him a lot, which is why she thought that he was going to be my number one. Oh my god, I just hit my just mic. Just because there's I'm someone sorry. else I thought was going to be on your list that you haven't mentioned yet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you just going to have a stare off? No, I'm just gaping. I apologize, <laughs> listeners. She's listener. so shocked. Oh my god, I didn't expect to shock her like this. I'm usually the one shocked on these lists because I am. I have no idea what you're going to pick. <sighs> okay. But anyway, so Magneto is my number two. So I love him, as previously stated. I think he's a great villain. And one of my favorite things about villains is their moral ambiguity and also their capacity to do good at the same time as being a villain. And I think that Magneto is the perfect example of doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. Because at the end of the day, his end goal is to free mutants. And that's why he fights against society. He doesn't want 
to be looked down upon. And sometimes, yeah, he's like, let's control society so mutants can rule the world. But at the end of the day, like, what he wants is for all mutants to not be discriminated against, as they have been by society for a long time and continue to be. And that's why him and Professor X have always had that kind of thing. It's like, no, we'll teach and educate people. And Magneto's been like, no, people don't listen. People don't learn. They do horrible things to other people that are different from them because they don't understand. And like being a Holocaust victim, you can totally completely see where Magneto's coming from. And I think being able to relate to him, even though he's doing, again, the wrong thing for the right reasons is always been really interesting to me. And I really always liked him for that fact. And he's always also on the bridge of hero and villain because recently he has been a hero with the X-Men and Scott's team and all that. And so he's been serving as a good guy, but also you'll see him fall to like kind of his old ways as, as being a villain as killing people or kind of never giving anyone the benefit of the doubt. It's like, okay, you did this one. So you're obviously a human who hates us. So you're going to die. And I think everyone can agree that he, another villain that kind of has withstood the test of time in a really good way because he has developed with the times and still continue to be interesting in the stories that he's been in. And yeah, Magneto. 10, I 10. think Magneto is one one of like the top examples on how the X-Men have always been used as the perfect avenue to insert political commentary into comics yes definitely. and like just as you stated like he stood the test of time not only due to the writing and the fact that the concept of a character that character and the skill set but in the unfortunate case that we as humans have not evolved since his conception in terms of social matters yeah because to this day magneto's claim from what his conception as a character is that humans do not accept what is different from them so how can i protect my people without attacking these people who've already attacked me which is the same statement you can say today which is an unfortunate case but i think that's what makes x-men as a whole and their storylines amazing and like you don't want to like hate magneto yeah (laughs) you you really don't want to hate it's like it's like i get it magneto i get it you've seen shit you've been through shit and that's why you're the way you are and at the end of the day you're trying to protect your kind you're trying to protect your people like i can't really fault him that much for it even though obviously he's done a lot of bad things in order to protect his people but at the same time like charles has done a lot of bad shit too like he's gotten into his head he's betrayed magneto as many times as magneto's betrayed him it's that perfect divide of like there are two sides to every story and the good side is not always doing the good things and the bad side's not always that bad and again like i I feel like x-men as the characters not just solely like the x-men team yeah but like mutants have always had really amazing parallels in between like like their good and the bad so like i was talking about Sabretooth and logan like magneto and professor x like those are just some things that for multiple storylines you still don't get too tired of them and they can be redone in a way that is still exciting and exhilarating mutants are the best man we I'm need not... to do top five mutants oh man yeah that we would be to. a good one that would be a good one when i was going through my villains list, i was i just like all mutant villains hmm all x-men villains hmm interessante yeah it's very yeah. easy to just be like you and you yeah and you. like you said i they have some of the most compelling storylines like avengers they're cool and all they have great epic kind of storylines but on the micro level i think mutants kind of just like demolish everything as far as their relevance and their storytelling and how impactful it is. Yeah, I think too often that relatability is left out, like you said, like those cosmic scales for Avengers. Exactly, like exactly. You, you feel, obviously, any time that a character that you care about gets injured when they're fighting, like, the Skrull-Cree war. <laughs> right, yeah. But it's not the same as, like, looking at a character that has been marginalized, that's finally found a place. But guess what? That might not, it might not be with the X-Men. It exactly. might be with some other organization, but that's the only person who showed them any, like, sort of kindness and that too often is the storyline for many of our heroes and villains in the x-men yeah and with professor xavier no matter what being like okay you're ready you can be a good guy whenever you're ready i love the x-men I love mutants. So my number two is Mystique. I kind of vaguely talked about her for a second. But aside from her power and skill set, which I'll get to in a second, I swear, I promise. Oh, I didn't talk about Magneto's power and skill set. I just expect everybody (laughs) to know about it. (laughs) So he can move metal at the end. That's fair. Think about it. Metal's everywhere. Yeah, he can control anything with metal. Like once 
when his powers were like at their highest because they kind of fluctuate you know like As you always, said yeah yeah you, you don't really know power level wise like what one person can can or can't do so kitty pride basically had a bullet in her don't remember how she got hit by a bullet considering she can phase through shit but she had a bullet in her and she it was in space and he dragged her back to earth from the bullet in her body ouchies and (laughs) that is metal manipulation if you think oh yeah he can like bend a crowbar no he can do a lot more than bend a crowbar like build an entire structure in a couple minutes out of bent crowbars from across the galaxy probably at this point (laughs) in a couple minutes he's like okay there's metal here blah 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 builds house yep yeah he's a badass Oh my god, I'm just thinking about like the dope scenes in the actual good X-Men movies <laughs> where yeah. that guard is injected with like the metal in his veins and like everyone watch the first two X-Men movies. <laughs> <laughs> or basically controlling Logan. Cause yeah, I- every time Logan is an idiot. Oh my god, every time. I'm gonna fuck shit up. Oh fuck, I'm made out of metal. <laughs> I can't do anything against Magneto. It's Every like, time, yes, oh, got this, guys. No, you don't, <laughs> buddy. You don't. This time, you do not. <laughs> Going back to my number two is Mystique. Like I said, in a second, I'll get to like what she does, but. <laughs> Two of the many impacting reasons why I really like Mystique as a character is because of her relationship with Nightcrawler and Rogue. So... Hollow. What? Hollow. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) These are two of my favorite mutants, which Nightcrawler, hands down, top five mutants. So spoiler if we ever actually do (laughs) top five mutants. (laughs) I love, I love Kurt. And that's Mystique's son. So... (laughs) Yeah. If anyone didn't know that. (laughs) With um, Azazel. That's where he gets the eyes from. So yeah. it's just, he gets the blue from mom. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so this is a good example of two non-humans getting together and making a mutant. Um, so Mystique, even though she also abandons him, I guess, technically, because she still kind of keeps an eye out on her because she's just not about to be raising them. So she leaves Kurt with like, ugh, oh my gosh, I want to say, there's some religious folk because that's the way he is, the way he is. Yeah, that's the reason look, why. she was married to... To the guy that ran the church, right? Like her human yeah, self. I think so because yeah, she like she that. loves being Raven and like seducing men as a human and then going yeah, out so and she, being mystique at night. Yeah, so, but she gave birth to but she gave birth to him like in a, in the woods, I think, or something like that. I don't know if it was in the woods, but like the strain made her shift back into her like blue form, and that's where they're like, oh my god, she gave birth to a blue baby. She's blue. They're demons. Ah! And so she yeah. threw him into a river and ran away. Yeah, so she just <laughs> left them with the religious folk. And that's yeah. why Kurt's the way he is. That's why he's a priest. Beautiful, lovely, marries everyone in the X-Men. Um, this is not the Kurt story, so I'm sorry. And then, so, but that's her connection with Nightcrawler in giving me Nightcrawler is already like 10 out of 10. And then um, she comes across Rogue, who is different mutant. Like when she's like a babe, she can't be older than like six when she comes across her. And she ends up up kind of like raising her for a stint like a very very short amount of time in the length of comics because now they have a very like interesting relationship Mm -hmm. because they kind of respect each other because they have this mother-daughter sort of bond because Rogue was so young but Rogue ends up defecting to the X-Men I mean you wouldn't think that going to the good side is defecting but for a while when you're running with Mystique's gang and you're doing what Mystique wants you to do turning good is defecting so now that she's with the (laughs) X-Men and like trying her best to be a hero. So those two connections are really important to me in Mystique's existence. But she is just an immortal, amazing person. Yes. I think. Like, yeah. okay, I'm lying. She's not an amazing person. But as a person, you know she's, an, she's, oh, amazing. She, she's amazing to read about. <laughs> it is undeniable that, like, seeing what Mystique can do is awe-inspiring for villains out there. And just, like, jaw-dropping for anyone who's attracted to blue boobs. It's just... <laughs> And everyone should be. I'm sorry. Like, she looks amazing all the time. It's another case of wanting to be with your people. And it's very difficult for Mystique. And I think that's what's sometimes difficult to understand. Because even within mutants, unfortunately, mutants don't trust her a lot. Mm -mm. Just because of the way she looks as well. So the fact that that, like, the blue, the eyes, the hair, like, the way that she looks. Even though you would think that mutants, knowing that some of them have been outcasts from society. The fact that Mystique cannot pass by herself 
anywhere as anything but a mutant has always been a problem not only for herself but for other people accepting her so there's like a small number of people that are like yeah that's fine like you're blue but uh, yeah, but other people are like mm, that's weird you're blue but they're there standing with also mutant powers but think she's weird just because she's blue and like yeah it doesn't help that she can shapeshift and like become anybody and that kind of creeps a lot of people yeah, out yeah it definitely does especially just because it's it's in the similar sense that not being shown any kindness doing whatever you need to to get ahead yeah so then as you've mentioned once you start doing things like that when people are like don't worry trust in people trust in the good yeah exactly she's like i I physically can't because every time i have and i've let unfortunately my skin down because i can't hold my form anymore i've been shunned i've been ostracized and i've been like belittled and i can't do this anymore because no matter how physically and like mentally strong she is and and no matter how many skill sets she has as a fighter and as a mutant like she's still a person and that's fucked up like living your entire life like that because she's gonna live more lives than a lot of other mutants out there Mm -hmm. so i think that she's an extremely compelling character and another person that you just don't know what she might do and she's another person that got redcon to have a healing factor yeah which leads to the fact that she's like over a thousand now yeah ancient (laughs) she's She's ancient and beautiful forevermore (laughs) yeah (laughs) for all eternity we're gonna know and again it's another sad fact that we know that she's this old and to this day she cannot trust in the fact that people will trust her and yeah exactly and like i'm sure she's encountered people that have trusted her and actually like destiny and things like that but oh yeah or in creating her brotherhood of mutants the brotherhood of mutants she obviously has but she still encounters way more prejudice and things like that than she does acceptance ever so she's like well humanity's great it hasn't yeah. advanced at all so how you expect me to like fight for them or try to sympathize oh with yeah them? and that definitely did not help unfortunately with the continuous talk about mutants we obviously Obviously, have to unfortunately keep on bringing up M Day because that just created so many more. Any progression that was done, yeah, for to- mutant completely kind, undone. M Day, which for anyone who does not know, it is like the com- like the, the unfortunate like commemorative day when someone said no more mutants. <laughs> Scarlet Witch. I know we don't like to speak her name, but yeah, and there were none. No, okay, like ninety percent, eighty percent. Yeah, something like some like, some uh, uh, incre- incredibly large, large of people. Amount. Yeah. Like were no longer had their powers. Um, their powers. So it got into the point where humanity was like, this is a cleansing. This is perfect. Like, let's kill everyone who used to be a mutant. Blah, 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 blah. So obviously, like, someone like Mystique, who's been a lot around for way too fucking long, her, her and Magneto, they, they got the right idea, man. They, they do. The right I would be on their side probably if I was us. a mutant. Yeah. Good number yep, two. Yep, that's my number two. What's your number one? Um, Are we going to do honorable mentions? Or are we gonna oh, my God. I one? forgot about honorable yeah. mentions. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so my honorable mentions are Enchantress, because the movie did her dirty, like so dirty. So you guys need to know, if you've only ever seen Enchantress in that god-awful Suicide Squad movie, that's not Enchantress. Love yourself and go read the arc where Thor fights Helena, which obviously might be attractive to you if you liked Ragnarok because Enchantress is really big in that arc and she helps Thor beat Helena. That's right. Enchantress helps Thor beat Helena because Enchantress is an Asgardian sorceress, not whatever the fuck she was in that movie. So yeah, Enchantress, really great. Yeah, she's fun as an actual character if you give her a shot. And my second honorable mention is Galactus. Eater of worlds, he was devourer of worlds. Almost my second one. <laughs> almost. That's yeah. a good one. Because I mean, he's Galactus, and if we're to talk villain and like magnitude of power, you don't really get that much stronger than uh, an Eternal. That's so... if we were talking about magnitude of power. Yeah, if you were, <laughs> but <laughs> which we're not because these are our personal list. However, it is no less impressive. Oh, definitely. <laughs> to, and, yeah. Which is why he's an honorable mention. Because if you actually think about Galactus and the magnitude of his power, you're kind of like, well, well shit, fuck. 
I, think, I am but an amoeba in this universe. Okay, you know? I think, again, um, I understand that there's no way this is going to happen. But again, if like there's me in a Marvel universe and I knew that Galactus existed, I don't think I'd give a shit about anything because at any moment someone can come and eat my entire planet. <laughs> and so like Galactus enforces the idea of nihilism because nothing fucking matters. So do whatever the fuck you want, guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the life bringer now, so he's restoring life to the planets. But, you know, at the, at, at the end of the day, he destroyed them first, right? And he still has as much power as he did. So, yeah, those are my two honorable mentions. Okay, my two honorable mentions are two different ladies. This first one that I picked is because every single day of my life, I'm lying, ever so often, I'm like, (laughs) I need to learn more about her because I know about her as a concept. And the more you read about Moonstone, the more I want to know about her. Oh, dat ho. Yes. That's literally all. I'm sorry, Moonstone fans. Literally, I only know her as dat ho because every time I see her, she's sleeping with someone. She's like Dick Grayson, but a woman and not in D.C. (laughs) She is beautiful. She is powerful. Yeah. So her name is Dr. I hope I can pronounce her last name right. Carla Sofen. Sofen. No idea. (laughs) Yeah, I can never pronounce names properly. So I just really like the concept of powerful, smart ladies out there. So because she has a doctorate, she's a psychiatrist. Unfortunately, though, she's a bit crazy because even though in her psychiatric practice, she's had her own patients kill themselves in front of her and is directly responsible for having six of them at least go like even more mentally insane in terms of needing hospitalization. What's that face for? (laughs) I don't like her. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> so what, that's it? You murder some people that are out there to help you and that's it? Yeah. They're dead to you? Mm-hmm. All right. So she's just a super smart, badass bitch that I wish I knew a lot more because that kind of stuff I find really compelling as heroes. Not heroes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that stuff I find really compelling in villains, like the ability to not have any sort of compassion like that ability to just like switch shit off and the reason that she's like that is because she comes from an extremely wealthy family but her dad dies and so then her mom starts working three four jobs because like they lose their money or whatever and so then she watches the way that her mom sacrificed for her so then she was like you know what i'm not gonna care about anybody else more than i care about myself ever again because i watched how it did that to my mom and and what it did to her so the reason why she goes crazy on her patients is because even though she's a psychiatrist and has her own practice she does not like the fact that she relies on her patients for her income so (laughs) she's a so she's just a petty ass bitch okay yeah okay and so then my number two is shikla who is goddess of the underworld for a very okay it was kind of long but for a moment she was married to deadpool (laughs) for a moment she was married to deadpool and then she's not necessarily so much like you gotta stretch to see like when she's like a villain-esque she's not here to help anyone she's She's not Mm -hmm. yeah she's not here to save people she's not here for humanity i mean she's like the mother of monsters she's for her people the reason her and deadpool get together is because deadpool saved her because he it's basically shrek he (laughs) he went to go capture her her so she would go marry dracula and instead they stayed together and got married so yes shrek oh Um, my god (laughs) (laughs) and then she ditches deadpool because she's upset deadpool stopped murdering people she's like you're not the man i fell in love with and then he's like but the avengers (laughs) they made me good they helped me whatever and so she goes she like ditches him and gets married to dracula and i think she's beautiful i think that she's like she's what you think the mother of demons should look like the mother of like creatures should look like it's maleficent meets morticia okay (laughs) that is shikla oh my god i love her she's beautiful and just like the fact that she's like for her own people but that technically makes her a villain for us because she would easily decimate anyone and that's what makes villains here because galactus he ain't a villain for himself he's a villain against us so yeah those are my two honorable mentions i would say good choices but (laughs) 50 50 (laughs) i like shikla but moonstone mm. Anyway, my number one is someone you have sadly already talked about. Oh. <laughs> Who is it? Mystique. Fucking knew it. As yeah. soon as you put, it was good. Okay. That's why I was super confused. Yeah. Magneto and Mystique actually was really, really difficult to okay. place them first and second. I was like conflicted for the longest time. I was like, should Magneto be number one or should Mystique be number one? Because if you didn't say Mystique right now, I would have been so fucking confused. <laughs> so confused. Yeah. Mystique is my leading lady in the Marvel Universe. I told villain you everyone world. should love blue boobs. Yeah. Now continue. And I definitely love blue boobs. 10 10 recommend blue boobs. <laughs> 
<laughs> you heard it here. If you're trying to win her fancy pasties and blue body paint, let's go. <laughs> no, I actually prefer her white outfit. Like, I don't like naked movie mystique. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, I kind of like uh, the first lady that played her in, like, the first X-Men movies. I, I could dig her. I just never got why she just had, why she had to be naked. I appreciated it, but I'm a sucker for, her, like, her original dumb white robe dress thing with the skulls. I don't know. The edge. It called to me as a child. If we stick with the fact that she's a thousand year old, thousand years, thousand year old, (laughs) she's a thousand years old. (laughs) If we stick to the fact that she's a thousand years old, it doesn't matter because I lost my train of thought because I couldn't speak. Okay. Anyway. But yeah, like Jennifer Lawrence, actually, I don't like her mystique at all. She's just not as pretty as Mal something, whatever. The actress for the first one, for the first trilogy. She's on Face Off. No, she's on Skin Wars. Skin Wars, yes. She's on Skin Wars. But yeah, just Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-mm. But anyway, Mystique is beautiful regardless, yes. And she is my number one villain for a variety of different reasons, including the fact that, again, like Magneto, she plays in that kind of in-between of... She kind of does good things sometimes, but she, at the end of the day, she's a self-interested villainess that does things for herself and what she thinks will advance mutant kind and like you stated before having lived so long she knows that humanity will never be on her side so she's gonna do things her way to make at her existence better in the long run but i do love her stint as being like rogue's foster mother yeah uh, like her and destiny basically living a little domestic life raising her for a while was like amazing because destiny is her first love uh no so she meets destiny after running away after having nightcrawler okay so she meets destiny right after that and when she forms the brotherhood of mutants and things like that Mm. it's with destiny so for those of you who don't know who destiny is destiny is a mutant with predictive abilities so she can kind of see into the future and before she could kind of predict what could happen in a couple hours in a couple years whatever but as she aged she can get she got better and better of it and destiny is actually the reason that she was able to keep track of nightcrawler because she would just like look into his future and see how he was doing see if he was okay and that's how and she would relay that back to mystique so destiny is often regarded as like mystique's true love because they were together forever and she even tries to bring her back at one point in some wolverine arc as you would your dead lover and originally they actually wanted destiny and mystique to be nightcrawler's parents but like the comics code didn't allow that that literally makes so much sense yeah in terms of nightcrawler's abilities oh yeah that's true that's true so like that's how he was originally created as to be their kid but the comics code didn't allow for any any same-sex couples to be considered canon so then they kind of just they had to write nightcrawler's origin differently and that's why it's kind of a mess to me like it's really murky but it's and it gets and murkier because, and murkier yeah as, as older characters go on because like nightcrawler is thrown in and out a lot yeah but that was originally how it was supposed to be it's like yeah that's what we wanted but they didn't let us do it and i was like i was deprived <laughs> my entire existence <laughs> i was deprived um but they do end up at least raising rogue in kind of a domestic setting and it was obviously never explicitly stated until way later until the comic codes went down and it was more expect acceptable to have same-sex couples in comics that we got to know that yeah her and destiny were lovers until destiny ended up dying are you telling me that mystique and destiny are the original gal pals they are the original gal pals beautiful (laughs) and obviously she does not take destiny's death very well and so she kind of just like spirals and because she was actually like working for when the whole adoption thing with rogue and stuff she was actually working for a government agency and things like that CIA or something yeah, like that, Yeah, it was right? like, it was the Department of Defense, basically. Mm-hmm. But obviously she was working there in her in her more human, not blue form. <laughs> but she still kind of used the Brotherhood, like with the information she gained, she used the Brotherhood, obviously, to go about their like own missions and stuff to benefit her and them. because yeah, they're her people. Mutants. Exactly. So at the end of the day, yeah, she's technically has a good job for the government, but she's not serving the government. She's serving, she's serving herself, her people, the people she cares about, and 
that she wants to see prosper moving forward. And she even helps like the the Department of Defense capture the Avengers once, like a whole bunch of stuff. And she's always been the leader of a prominent organization for the most part. And even when the Brotherhood disbands, because they disbanded after Destiny died. They failed a mission, someone died on the team, and then Destiny died after being killed by some dude named Forge. And then she killed him, obviously. <laughs> Retribution. Yeah, as happens when your partner is no longer there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what a lot of people do, they go crazy when someone they love dies. dies. Yeah. And then, yeah, through, and then just throughout time, she's always been a prominent villain figure. And just a prominent figure in general. Like you said, she has a really complicated relationship with Rogue, which is why she shows up a lot in X-Men stuff. As any other major, like, mutant villains, I feel like there's definitely more ambiguity than with a lot of other villains, as in that they're always kind of back and forth. Because sometimes when there's something that affects all mutants, they kind of, they all team up. Because it's for the betterment of mutant kind. But for more other social issues of how they should handle how mutants are integrated into society, that's when the divide of, like, how to handle that, whether to trust humans or whether to be against them. And so, because of that, she's always been, again, on both sides of the fence. And she's, like the epitome of what you would want in like an infiltrator secret agent kind of oh. person like you mentioned shape-shifting she can copy anybody's like she's so good at it obviously being thousands of years old practicing how to shape-shift for so long she can perfectly copy anybody's retina scan anybody's fingerprints their the way that their voice sounds anything anything perfect copy she can make herself bigger though she can't hold those forms as much like she can transform into saber tooth for example but that's a harder form for her to take because it's much bigger than her standard original form she could even go smaller but that's even harder for her she has the ability to literally turn into anybody and you would not be able to tell the difference just hands out you wouldn't she's an amazing fighter on top of all that skilled combat skilled combat and she can yeah she can morph her body she can move her organs she has like perfect manipulation and control over her body and she's dope and she does all she wants she's really smart she's again headed organizations and she's my favorite bye bitch and that's it (laughs) and i think as you like touched upon and as we've already stated but i'm a broken Mutant record. <laughs> I think that's like one of the most compelling things you can do with the creation of this mutated race, honestly. The fact that at the end of the day, they can band together because there's something that connects them in being X-Men, in having that X-Gene. So to an extent, you know that you can call upon Mystique when all of mutants are going to be in danger. Exactly. Just like you can call on Magneto when all of mutants are going to be in danger because uh, they're the most fucked up family. <laughs> Uh, but you've been around for so long and you know that that's the person that can help you then they're gonna do it you just need to watch out literally two seconds after it's over exactly because that's when they're gonna be like okay we're not on the same team anymore yeah like even rogue when rogue is in trouble she shows up all the time anytime rogue's in trouble she is there trying to help because at the end of the day she still considers rogue a part of her family yeah it's just it's got to the point where rogue decided to go a different way yeah exactly and like, if it was like i'm to not it. gonna waste my breath anymore i'm gonna do what i need to do yeah like at the end of the day mystique would prefer if rose was still with her uh rogue was still i just called her rose what the heck uh, <laughs> rogue was still with her but she's like yeah i mean we all choose our side in this and like you said at the end of the day if something's up they're gonna team up they're gonna have each other's backs yeah just like i'm pretty sure mystique ideal world she could live a life with nightcrawler as her son yeah. but it's just not feasible it's not the smart way to go about it so she has to fend for herself because if she's not in peak condition she can't do everything she needs to do she wouldn't even be able to protect people around her so she's a very compelling number one yes she is and she's perfect and beautiful and wonderful those are words you do not hear about my number one those will, those are three words you will not hear jelsey say about my number one all right give it to me give What's it to you no- oh yeah. my god What's i really hate to do this because we are running over time like a lot <laughs> but i think that's what happened when we had so many mutants yeah I, mutant. I just said mutant and i'm sorry i sent melissa off she spiraled i love I, I love mutants <laughs> so much i have a giant high horse for mutants save it for a mutant episode save it for a mutant so we're gonna go back and cut out all the mutants. no no but i'm saying like, i know but that's why i'm going okay. to my number one which i affectionately call my symbiote family tree <laughs> what the fuck does that mean i'll tell you right now okay because out of my symbiote family tree (laughs) my favorite villain is carnage Mm -hmm. right but i can't talk about carnage without talking about venom 
briefly. <laughs> and one of Carnage's most interesting achievements to me is Toxin. So we have Venom, you know, being, <laughs> being top dog in terms of lineage. Then we got Carnage and then we got Toxin. So this is my affectionate symbiote family, family tree, tree, which can be extended because Carnage has lovely brothers and sisters running around. So they're not lovely. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> Lovely is a strong word, but you're number one, your life, your choices continue. Yes. So as I stated with Carnage coming from Venom, symbiotes being, as their name implies, running the thin line between parasitic aliens that need a host in order to be able to survive. Generally, symbiotes and hosts are going to are going to completely like take over their hosts and then they're able to take in power from that. So what happens when a symbiote gets sent to Earth, basically crash lands literally 25 seconds in terms of comic book history bonds with spider-man is able to copy all his powers bonds with another buddy boy who's named eddie brock becomes venom who we know today a couple years later go across right 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 and then in jail (laughs) eddie brock's symbiote venom ends up having an offspring that offspring ends up staying in the cell with his cellmate who is a serial killer that goes by the name of Cletus Cassidy? Is that how you pronounce it? Cletus Cassidy. (laughs) However it goes. So that's how we get Carnage who is my favorite villain. He's one of this, again, this goes back to like the weirdness that I am as a child apparently. Um, (laughs) But my favorite game to play as a kid on Nintendo 64 was a Carnage game. I loved it. I didn't know that Carnage was a bad guy. I didn't think I really understood that playing the game. I was like very small. We're talking like elementary school here guys. But it was just super fun to throw like parts of your body at people and like just like you know run around and the cartridge was red so like how the fuck do you not want to play that game yes i hate you (laughs) i hate you continue anyways so carnage being bonded to a serial killer cletus cassidy there are differences than tom hardy as eddie brock no i'm kidding it's Eddie Brock as just a regular, he's a reporter. So he's not really as fucked up as Cassidy is because Cassidy developed this very psychotic mentality since the age of about eight, I want to say, where there is no good in the world. There's literally nothing positive that exists in the world. And that's why he's a serial killer and he takes pride and joy in that, right? So when he bonds with Carnage, it basically goes into his blood in a way. And that's why you have like that red suit instead of the Venom suit. But he has a lot of the same skill sets that Venom has because he is the offspring of Venom. So he does is able to stick to particularly any surface the way that Venom and Spider-Man are because the powers originate from Spider-Man. So like Peter Parker fucked up big. Um... As most heroes do. Yeah, to but be that time he did not even know. He was a victim of circumstance. Yeah. So one of Carnage's signature moves is being able, which is something that Venom cannot do, and obviously Spider-Man cannot do. But he can launch parts of his symbiote as projectiles. So those are knives, spears, darts, axes, literally anything sharp. He can project from his body, obviously in that red symbiote-looking way, and just poof. The only bad thing is like it basically disintegrates into ash, like. Less than like 30 seconds after it's been thrown. But when you like throw something at someone, you just need it to stab them immediately. You don't really need it to stay there. So it's still pretty intimidating. Sometimes it's worse if you take the knife out. Yeah, it basically turns to ash. Like it disappears. So... So you bleed out. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely bleed out. So Carnage is slightly crazier obviously bonding with Cassidy who is a serial killer versus Eddie Brock who is just like a down on his luck man at his core who's just angry because he's down on his luck but (laughs) Cassidy murders enjoys it wants everyone to know this so I mean that's where you get like carnage rules he constantly is like writing that with his own blood out on the streets for funsies but the reason that carnage is stronger the way that it's quote-unquote explained in comic book logic (laughs) is the fact that carnage like being an offspring of Venom was gestated, born, and raised in an quote-unquote alien environment, that being Earth. So for some reason, that makes him stronger. So I don't know if it's the like the adaptability of I needing guess to that's exist. What I mean, kind of going for, but that's what I'm saying. So that's what makes it crazier and stronger when Carnage has an offspring, which is Toxin, who is even stronger, as Venom explains, because <laughs> Toxin is the thousandth 
offspring of their lineage. So that, for some reason, makes him, like, hella strong. Which, the unfortunate case was Carnage wanted to kill Toxin. He did not want Toxin to exist. He tried repressing, burying the offspring because Carnage thought that it was disgusting that he was having an offspring with a man, which is Cassidy. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Venom didn't give a fuck (laughs) that he was having an offspring. Venom, okay, it actually took a while for for Eddie to realize that Venom had an offspring because Venom didn't even register it as living, in a way, because... With a symbiote, you're able to share thoughts, obviously, because it is within you. It is morphed with you. So it takes over your body. You can speak with it. So Venom and Eddie, they do t- they do have that relationship. So it's it was confusing, apparently, in terms of the comic book world, when nobody knew. <laughs> like, Eddie did not know that there was a carnage running around. And it was because Venom did dismissed it as a living thing. He didn't even look at it as an offspring. And so that's what happens when you don't care about your kids. They come back <laughs> later. And they try to murder you and everything. Meanwhile, Carnage is like fully fucking aware there's an offspring happening and he does not want it. He does not want it. The problem was since he tried to suppress it so much when he gave birth to it, which is basically just like detaching from you. Yeah. Like he was too weak to kill it. So he put it inside a poor NYPD officer who was like doing his best to be an NYPD officer. He was a decent guy. And now he's Toxin. Like, poor guy. Patrick Mulligan. Poor Patrick. Poor, poor Patrick. Because <laughs> Toxin is fucked, man. Like, he is fucking crazy. So Carnage wanted to come back and kill him, was unable to. And so the difference with Carnage and Cassidy versus Venom and... Um, Eddie. Venom and Eddie is that... Carnage is also a lot see he's very infantile because of the fact that he's like so young when he when he does that bonding so it's very reckless and then that rage is being fueled from Cassidy so now the serial killer that was doing unthinkable things when he was just a basic human has a super powered bodysuit essentially because he's strong he can throw things at people so he this these are this is what he wants to do he wants the murder and the mayhem which obviously the symbiote's fine with because they need that fluid to live their life but Carnage speaks different like connects differently it's not so much of a full symbiosis but there's even times when carnage is able to speak apart from cassidy so it's not so much like the we are carnage it's like i am carnage you are cassidy so this is my number one i love carnage any thoughts on my symbiote family tree (laughs) no wow (laughs) um it's cool they're very intimidating villains i wouldn't want to have any of them in my presence ever yeah and then like i'd be dead but yeah the other venom offsprings are like worse in a different way because they're just unpredictable because they were forced to be born carnage is the only one that i know of so correct me if i am wrong that is born like naturally at this time i'm lying first host there's a baby i don't know if it's still alive Fully read three issues. <laughs> These things need to stop sprouting things. That's all I got That's how say. they procreate. I know, but it's weird. <laughs> and they're everywhere. <laughs> I'm surprised the world isn't like completely infested. <laughs> yeah, um, because the other symbiotes have had children. I just don't care about them enough to like introduce them. Yeah. No, I feel that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if they keep breaking off like that, even scarier, like, why are they not taking over the world already? Come on, chop, chop, symbiotes. What's it's true. So long? Uh, well, I would think that, because not everyone is going to be as powerful or, like, get as crazy of a host as Carnage did. Because a part of it is that. So, depends who they bond with in terms of, like, strength, personality, and what they end up doing. Because, I mean, that's why Venom is a guardian of the galaxy at some point. Because Eddie's not all bad. No, he's, um, he's with Thompson, I think, when he's... Oh, when, oh, okay. He's with Flash Thompson, when he, which is, it's such a beautiful irony. <laughs> Flash Thompson as Venom yeah. is such beautiful comic logic irony. <laughs> but yeah, that's my number one. It's Carnage. It's very you. You're even wearing red today in honor. <laughs> Didn't even think about it that way. But yeah, Carnage is, is the dude to be feared. And Venom is, is just the dude. It's <laughs> just the dude. Or the dad in this sense. No. Oh, he's the grandfather in this sense. Of Carnage? No, Toxin. Because Toxin, oh. he's a grandfather. Okay, do we have any final thoughts? Um, Final thoughts. My... I, psh- I was half surprised at your list, but not surprised at your number one. Your list, I was like, okay, I can see that. And then I didn't know that Inhuman Man, but I know that you like the Inhumans, but I don't know much about them. So like, it was cool. He's cool. I dig him. I really feel like he needs a therapist and a better life. Like, <laughs> Who isn't Moonstone? <laughs> who isn't Moonstone? Definitely not Moonstone. She will just make the make everything worse, apparently. 
But yeah, those are my final thoughts. You know, I always learn something new in these. Yeah, Jelsey's list is beautiful women and Magneto. (laughs) 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 Which Doctor Doom is also apparently beautiful because everyone's down to clown with him. Mm, I wouldn't be, but I appreciate him as a villain. (laughs) I mean, in comics, they want him. Yeah, they do. They definitely. But I'm saying like, I, I don't know what they see in him. More of the story. There's power under that mask. Maybe, I guess. maybe they're just like oh, into the power. Right, you're right. Some people are gold diggers. Some people are power diggers. So that's yeah. Fine. I mean, and if you want power, Doctor Doom is definitely the place to be for that. If you'd like to share your top Marvel villain with us or drag us for our choices, you can tweet at us at Caped Critiques at Twitter, or you can send us an email at capesandcritiques at gmail.com. Do not even try me on my symbio family tree. Like, let's go down. Like, do not even. Do not even. You can drag me for anything else but no don't even think about it thanks for listening (laughs) see you next issue